Well, we're doing a study on heirs of God, and we're going to just jump right into it again. So if uh, you were not here last week, make sure that you get last week's CD. I want to start in Ephesians chapter 1, and uh, going to look at verses 14 through 19 uh, in the Amplified Version. We're going to look at a lot of scriptures today, so uh, make sure you take good notes, listen to the Word. This is a very important subject. In Ephesians 1.14, it says the Spirit, that's the Spirit of God, is the guarantee of our inheritance, the firstfruits, the pledge, the foretaste, the down payment on our heritage, in anticipation of its full redemption and our complete possession of it to the praise of His glory. For this reason, because I have heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love, To all the saints, the people of God, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. For I always pray to God, uh, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory. Now notice that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation of insight into mysteries and secrets into the deep and intimate knowledge of him by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light. So that we can know and understand the hope to which he has called us. Now notice this phrase. And how rich is his glorious inheritance in the saints, the set apart ones. Amen. And so that you can know and understand what is the immeasurable, the unlimited, the surpassing greatness of his power in and for us who believe is demonstrating in his mighty strength. Now, I want you to pay particular attention, if you would, to verse 14. It talks about the Spirit is the guarantee of our inheritance. As we look at the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the earth today, He is a divine personality. He is a person. He is not an it. Amen. And He is set in your life to teach you, to show you things to come. I have discovered this that the spirit of revelation flows freely from the spirit of God and he reveals to me deep and intimate knowledge of things that I may have been reading for years before and hadn't seen. That's the Holy Spirit. And so trust him to say some things to you today. Trust him to show you some things this year. Put great demands on the spirit of God on the inside of you And your eyes will be flooded with light. Your heart will be strengthened with might. Amen? Amen. And so let's take a look then at the purpose of our study. Well, number one is to get our minds renewed and to see ourselves as heirs of God. Number two, to discover what is included in this wonderful inheritance. And then number three, to learn how to take our inheritance. You know, the moment you were born again, you were born again into the richest family ever known. You were born into royalty, the family of God, the king of kings who owns and operates the universe. Amen? You know, you receive such an inheritance when you got born again, it'll take you all of eternity to comprehend it. But aren't you glad we've got all of eternity to comprehend it? Now, just by way of review of last week, let me just share a couple things with you. From Galatians chapter 4, verses 4 through 7, we found out that we are heirs of God. 
From 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 4, we found out that we are heirs by birth. From Romans chapter 8 and verse 14 through 17, we discovered that we are joint heirs with Jesus. And then I love Galatians 4, 7 in the New Living Translation. It says this, since you are his child, everything he has belongs to you. And it belongs to you now. You find that in Colossians chapter 1, verses 12 through 13. So say it with me. I'm an heir heir. of everything everything. right now. Now, Now, this morning we're going to be looking at Galatians chapter 3, verse 29, and working with that. Galatians, the third chapter. And notice with me in the 29th verse. The Bible says, And if you be Christ, then are you Abraham's seed, and you are an heir according to the promise. Amen. How many of you are in Christ? Well, today you are an heir according to the promise. You know, when I look at verse 29, I say, that would be me. That would be me. I am an heir to the promise. You know what that means? I like what Leroy Thompson said years ago. He says, I'll never be broke another day in my life. Amen. Try that one on for size today. Say it with me. I'll never be broke another day in my life. I'll never be down another day in my life. I'll never be sad another day in my life. I'll never be depressed another day in my life. I'll never be sick another day in my life. Having symptoms of sadness and symptoms of sickness are much different than accepting those. What we've done is we've accepted the fact that we're heirs of God, joint heirs with Jesus Christ, the head and not the tail, above and not beneath. Therefore, we do not uh, receive those things that come from the enemy. Amen? Amen? Now, the message translation of this particular verse says this. And if you belong to Christ, if you are in him, who is Abraham's seed, then you are Abraham's offspring and spiritual heirs according to the promise. I just read the uh, Amplified. Let me back up to the message. It says, and also since you are Christ's family, then are you Abraham's famous descendants. Hallelujah. You are Abraham's famous descendants. And you are heirs according to the covenant promises. Amen. You know, I'll drink to that. H2O, that is. (laughs) The New Living Translation says, And now that you belong to Christ, you are the true children of Abraham. You are his heirs, and God's promise to Abraham belongs to you. So we see then that as Christians, we are the seed of Abraham. So we need to ask ourselves this question, what does that mean? What does that mean to be the seed of Abraham? Well, basically, it means that everything God promised to him belongs to you. It has been passed down to you through Jesus Christ. Abraham's blessing is your inheritance. It has been willed to you by the Word of God. And so what we're doing, we've gathered together this morning for the reading of the will. Amen. Amen. 
We've gathered together today to read the will, to find out what belongs to us. Amen? And faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of God. So let's take a look at the will today. Turn with me over to Genesis chapter 12, and notice with me in verse 2 and 3, what is it that God promised to Abraham? We're going to look at the Amplified Version. In verse 1, it says this, And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you with abundant increase of favors. That just sounds good to me. Abundant increase of favors. And you know what? In my notes, I put my name right there. That means me, Mark. So if I'm going to choose life and speak life and not speak bad but speak good and not so bad but so good, I'm going to say, thank God, this year he's blessing Mark with abundance of increase of favors. And you put your name in there too. And he will make your name famous and distinguished and you will be a blessing dispensing good to others. And I will bless those who bless you who confer prosperity or happiness upon you. But I will curse those who curse you or use insolent language toward you. You know, you've got to be careful what you say about a brother or sister. And in you will all the families and kindreds of the earth be blessed. Hallelujah. And so then to, to fully get and to fully grasp what God was saying here, we must realize when he blesses someone... He's not just flippantly saying, have a great day. No, what he's doing is he's conferring upon them the power to increase and to prosper in every area of life. Now, as we look at W.E. Vines and we look at Webster's Dictionary, we see the true definition of the word bless. It means to cause to prosper. To make happy, to bestow favor upon, to consecrate to holy purposes, to make successful, to make prosperous in temporal concerns pertaining to this life, to guard and to preserve. So when God says you are blessed, he says you're protected, you're preserved, you're happy, ad infinitum. Amen. Did you know that it was actually the blessing of God upon Abraham that caused him to be rich? I mean, it caused him to prosper wherever he went. Now, there was a cooperation, of course, that Abraham had. And his cooperation was the obedience of faith. He stepped out to a land where he didn't know where he was going. But as he took that step, God was right there to meet him. And then as he took the next step, of obedience, God was right there to meet him. That man had great faith. That's why he's the father of faith, Father Abraham. Amen? Now look over at Genesis chapter 15. Let's just track this blessing right along. Genesis 15. And notice with me in verse 1, we're looking in the Amplified Version. It says, After these things... The word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. And here's what he said. He said, 
Abraham, don't be afraid. Don't you think it's important for us not to fear? After all, he's not given us a spirit of fear. But he says, fear not, Abram. He said, I am your shield. And I am your so-and-so compensation. No, thank God. He says, what kind of compensation does El Shaddai give out? What kind of compensation? His name is not El Chipo. His name is El Shaddai. He said, I am your shield. I am your abundant compensation. And I am your reward. And it shall be exceedingly great. Now, stop right there and look at that word reward. That reminds me of Hebrews 11:6, Where it says, without faith it is impossible to please him. But he that cometh to God, first of all, must believe that he what? That he is... And that he is what? He is a rewarder of those who what? Abraham diligently sought the Lord. He diligently functioned in faith. And he said, I will reward you abundantly. I will compensate you as you have been obedient. I will cause you to reign in life. Amen. And how many of you know God's no respecter of persons? God's your shield. God's your abundant compensation. And he will reward you exceedingly. Now, I want to take a few moments this morning to look at Deuteronomy chapter 28. Because the blessing of Abraham will cause you to prosper, listen, no matter what's happening around you. This blessing will increase you in spite of recession, in spite of depression. Any other type of economic calamity the devil can dream up, the blessing trumps it. Let's look at Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 28. Everybody doing good today? Everybody sleep good? Deuteronomy chapter 28, and I'm going to look at this from the Amplified Version, and just listen to this and let it saturate your heart. He said, if you'll listen diligently to the voice of the Lord your God, being watchful to do all his commandments, which I command you this day, that the Lord your God will set you on what? Set you on high above all nations of the earth. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you if you heed the voice of the Lord your God. Now, I love that, don't you? He says, all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you. In other words, the blessings are going to hunt you down. The blessings of God in 2015 are going to overtake Mark Thomas. The blessings of God in my life and in your life is going to be great and we're going to be abundantly compensated. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. How you doing, brother? I'm being overtaken. Oh, Lord, I'm sorry. No, no, no. Overtaken with a blessing. Not under the curse, but under the blessing. Hallelujah. All these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you 
And then there's the condition, as you heed the voice of the Lord your God. Notice these blessings. In verse 3 it says, Blessed shall you be in the city, and blessed shall you be in the field. Verse 4, Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, and the fruit of your ground, and the fruit of your beasts, the increase of your cattle, and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading trough. Verse 6. Blessed shall be when you come in, and blessed shalt thou be when thou go out. You know what that says to me? The blessing of God preserves me, it guards me, it protects me, it, hallelujah, is on me, in me, all around me as I'm going in and going out. Hallelujah. That includes flying through the air. That includes driving down 680 or 880. He said, I'll bless you. I will protect you, guard you, and preserve you. We don't have to be afraid to wake up in the morning. Just turn the stupid bad news off. Open up your Bible and get some good news on the inside of you. And then speak what God's word says and you'll be protected. You'll be guarded and preserved. Now, verse 7. The Lord shall cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before your face. They shall come against you one way. Come on, somebody. But how many ways are they going to flee before you? Seven ways. Woo, glory. Now, we're going to go back to this next verse and preach on this a while, but let me get right on through the verse 13. Verse 8 says, the Lord shall command the blessing upon you, now notice, in your storehouse. And in all that you undertake, and he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God's given you. The Lord will establish you as a holy people to himself, as he has sworn to you. When you keep the commandments of, my, of the Lord and walk in my ways. And all the people shall see that you are called by the name of the Lord in the presence of God, and they will be afraid of you. And the Lord will make you have a surplus of prosperity through the fruit of your body, of your livestock, and of your ground. I don't have any cattle and I don't have any sheep, but if I did, they'd be blessed. In the land which the Lord swore to your fathers to give you. Read verse 12 and 13. Help a preacher out with me. The Lord shall open to you his good treasury, the heavens to give the rain of your land in its season. He'll bless all the work of your hands, and you shall lend to many nations. And the Lord will make you the head and not the tail. You'll be above only, and you won't be beneath, if you heed the commandments of the Lord your God, which I command you this day. Say it with me, I am a doer. I'm a doer of the Word of God. Now, there's just so much in there. You could preach a month on several of these verses. But I want to center in here for a few moments on verse 10, or verse 8. He says, the Lord shall command the blessing upon you in your storehouse. Through the blessing of Abraham, you are living under the commanded blessing of the head of the church. And he is blessing your storehouse. 
Now, a word from the Lord came back in 2011 from Brother Kenneth Copeland in Washington, D.C. about storehouses. And I want to read this to you because it applies here. The word of the Lord came to him. The Spirit of the Lord spoke through him and said, I have a great storehouse. Much more has been stored up in the storehouse of riches beyond your wildest dreams that I have laid up for you before the foundation of the world. Much more is stored up there than what the church has ever called for. Much more is stored up there than what the church has ever called for. Then he went on to say, I never have held back on the church, says the Lord and the God of plenty. I've made it available to you. I've put it in my word. I gave you promise and stood behind it with the blood, the precious blood of the Savior. But there has been a backwardness in my people about, now listen, laying hold of the things that I have provided for you. In other words, the Spirit of the Lord was saying, my people have come up short, if you will, and haven't called for all that belongs to them, and they have not laid hold of the things that I've provided for them. But I will say this. There's a people in the land. Hey, there's a people in the Bay Area. There's a people on Hesperian Boulevard. There's a people right here in this auditorium today. Is that you? There's a people in the land. There's a people around the world. There's a people strong and mighty, growing much stronger and much mightier and more bold to lay hold. Hallelujah. Say with me, I'm bold to lay hold. You lay hold of the blessing with your faith. You take it. Literally in the Greek, when he says, What things soever you desire, when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you shall have them. Receiving them is taking it. Yes. There's a people around the world. There's a people strong and mighty, growing, now notice, much stronger and much mightier and more bold (laughs) to lay hold and put their claim of faith on the things that I've laid up for you. Brother Copeland went on to say, and it thrills me, says the Lord, because it's been yours all the time. Come on, I think we ought to just lift our hands. (laughs) Woo, glory to God. Hallelujah. Unclaimed blessings. There's some things out in the natural world that have not been claimed. There's some freight that never got picked up. There's some money left over in banks that never people never cashed in on for whatever reason. How many of you know that God's storehouse is so great? And so vast. Now, why don't we look over at Psalm 31? Look at Psalm 31. And I think it's good for us to go through these truths and not be in a hurry about it. 
You know, one of the blessings about pastoring is you've got next week. (laughs) Psalm 31. And verse 19. Psalm 31, verse 19. Oh, I love that. How great, how vast is thy goodness. When you're talking about goodness, you're talking about the blessing Because goodness and favor are a part of the blessing. So how great is thy goodness which thou hast laid up for them that fear thee or reverence thee. Which you have wrought for them that trust in thee before the sons of men. Now here's the word of the Lord. Be bold to lay hold and lay hold of what's been laid up. For you. I'm going to say it again. Be bold to lay hold and lay hold of what's been laid up for you. Now say this like you believe it. I'm bold in 2015 to lay hold. I lay hold of what's been laid up for me. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Ministering spirits, go now. Go, ministering angels. Go, ministering angels. Ministering spirits, we release you. Go now. Hallelujah. And cause the goodness of God to come to pass in our lives. The blessing of God belongs to you. To empower you, to prosper you, to cause you to excel and to be a success. And the favor of God provides ample opportunities for that to come to pass in my life and in your life. Hallelujah. So aren't you glad today that you are not dependent on the economic cycles of this natural realm? (laughs) No. We're God-dependent. We're covenant-dependent. And His covenant never changes. He doesn't alter the things that have gone out of His mouth. He is a covenant-keeping God. Now, with that in mind, let's go over to Psalms 112. Psalms 112. And I'm going to read this from the New Living Translation. And look at a couple of other things. I knew I wasn't going to get very far in this, but praise the Lord. God's speaking to your hearts. Is that right? You're laying hold right now. Hallelujah. Lay hold of that daughter that has gone astray. Lay hold of that healing that has been provided for you. Lay hold. That's what the Lord's saying today. And just come boldly to the throne of grace. Because it is your place of belonging. It is your getting place, if you will. Psalms 112, verse 1. Praise the Lord. How joyful are those who fear the Lord. That's us. And we delight in obeying His commandments. Do you delight in being obedient to the Lord? You know what He said about the obedient, don't you? What did He say, Raul? If... Amen. If you be what? If you be willing and obedient, 
you're going to eat the good of the land. Woo, glory to God. You're going to drive the good of the land. You're going to wear the good of the land. You're going to wear the blessing. The glory of the Lord is going to be seen upon you. Amen. Verse 3, such people will not be overcome by evil. See, we don't, we're not overcome by evil. We overcome evil with what? We overcome evil with good, with this blessing. Those who are righteous will long be remembered. They do not fear bad news. Now, bad news is everywhere, but we don't fear it. Why? Because we confidently trust the Lord to care for us. Right? Amen? So we cast all our cares on Him because He cares for us. Next verse. They are confident and fearless and can face their foes. How do we face our foes? And we face our foes triumphantly. They share freely and give generously to those in need. You see, that's a part of the blessing, dispensing good to others. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. They will have influence and honor. The wicked shall see this and be infuriated. (laughs) But he won't be able to do anything about it. They will grind their teeth in anger. They will slink away. Their hopes thwarted. The world does not understand the blessing. The world does not understand divine prosperity. And religious people don't. But don't back off just because someone gets angry about it. Don't back off just because someone has a wrong idea about divine prosperity. What's most important is that you know. And that you've got your stuff together on the inside of you. Amen? We were eating last night at a Chinese restaurant. And I don't know what caused this girl to go off. Maybe she wasn't quite quite right mentally. But she kept looking at us and smiling. I thought maybe she had come to the church. And I said, do we know you? And she says, I think so. And I said, well, we're pastors of the church. And she just started blaring out. You're not one of those pastors who steals people's money and, and takes donations and goes here and goes there. And real loud. <laughs> I'm thinking, no, we're not. <laughs> and I'm leaving right now. I left Brenda in there to talk to her. <laughs> but, you know, bless her, that's just a demon talking. <laughs> so the world doesn't understand you'll be criticized by experts you know what an expert is don't you an expert is just a little spurt far away from home <laughs> hallelujah the, the wicked will see this and be infuriated they will grind their teeth in anger They will slink away, slink away, like a little snake. Their hopes thwarted. Hallelujah. But your hopes aren't thwarted this year because you're choosing life. I choose daily to think life, to talk life, and to act on the life of God. Daily. Hallelujah. Now let's look at verse 7 and 8 in the Amplified Version. Verse 7 and 8, Amplified Verse, Psalm 112. 
He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. This blessed man, this blessed woman. Why? Because their heart is firmly fixed. Trusting, leaning on, and being confident in the Lord. Their heart is established and steady, not afraid, while he waits to see his desire and establish upon his adversaries. We don't have this translation, but I looked this up in the complete Jewish version. It says this, he shall not be frightened by bad news. He remains steady, steady, trusting in Adonai. His heart is set firm. He'll not be afraid. Till finally, he looks in triumph at his enemies. And then lastly, and in closing, God's word translation says this. He's not afraid of bad news. His heart remains secure, full of confidence in the Lord. His heart is steady, and he is not afraid. In the end, he will look triumphantly at his enemies. Come on now. When the dust settles, I know you and I will be the one standing. Hallelujah. When the storm ceases, you and I, this bunch... This crowd will be the ones that make it to the other side. Come on, let's stand up and rejoice and thank him for his word today. Pastor Tom, please.